Welcome back to the core show. What's going on? How are you? Glad you're finally back listening again. And today I have a special guest with me. Hello, my name is Michael LP Sessions LaPlante. Righty on, sir. It's been a minute since I've seen you. It has been a minute. Thank you for having me. So, uh, what you been up to? Been living in uh, Austin, Texas for the past three months, uh, playing with a cover band called the Space Rockers, doing uh, hip hop dance and crunk music for a bunch of drunk bitches. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, fun. why don't we uh, kick off the show with uh, a little tune? A little tunage. Right, sure. This is uh, one that's uh, on a record I'm working on currently uh, called The Road to Recovery, and this is called uh, No Doubt About It. Doubt about it. 
You keep saying it's true, but I don't believe you. There's got to be a better explanation. And now I'm turning away from everything that is so. Cause I can't be fooled by pilot trick persuasion. Cause there's no doubt about it. Right on, man. Thanks, homie. It's been uh, it's been a minute since I've heard that lovely voice. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's <laughs> so sweet. I <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Friggin' last time I saw you was my show at uh, Stucky's. It was a great show, man. Was we that had, June uh, 11th? We had Track Fighter and Adam Roth and the original. Bunch of really good lineup. A lot of, a lot of good people showed up. A lot of people from the old scene and the new scene. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then yeah. at the end, we kind of did like a old school photo shoot. We like did a we, bunch of photo. Yeah, a bunch of photos at the... It's sort of a renaissance. Yeah. Uh, how long ago did we meet? Like, when did I? Well, I, I know you, I, I know I met you when you were in Rosemont. Yeah, I was in Rosemont Scandal when we met. Um, but we was I, it? But I think I was still also. Was it a, the Extreme Pizza Show? I think we met before that. I think we I think we met just by hanging out around and about um, the Sack Rehearsal Studios. Okay. Um, and hanging out with So Called and watching their shows and hanging out with uh, Track Fighter and watching their shows and stuff. Um, you know, back then, back then we were all hang- back then everybody was going to each other's shows and yeah, a good the scene time. was the scene, scene was, was thriving and it was just very like, alive at that point. It was and, like three hundred people, just great friends, freaking right, everyone yeah. hanging out, partying. Yeah, everyone was away. hanging out and partying, getting drunk, and you know, doing a few drugs here and there too. And <laughs> <laughs> but but most of the, most of the time we were just partying pretty hard and. You know, enjoying, enjoying living and rocking the fuck out in music. It was good. The um, old rock star so frat I think it was probably somewhere around um, 05, 06 05. when you and I met. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. So, so okay, I met you when you were doing the Rosemont Scandal gig. Yeah, that's what, that, was the first, that, was probably the bit, that was probably the big gig that, that uh, this, this scene sort of started recognizing me for a little bit more. What, uh, what other, okay, so you, what else have you been in? You've been in Scandal? Uh, the, ba- the band that I was in for a really long time before the Rosemont Scandal was called um, Severity, which was a uh, prog rock alternative hard rock project, you know, very deftony, very porcupine tree, very um, uh, sound gardeny. Right on. Yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun project, and it was like a college project for me. I was, we had, I did it, I did it for a good four years uh, between my sophomore year in college and about the time that I that I graduated. So, um, okay, and then from there you went to, and from there we start. Then from there I kind of started playing with uh, Ten Dollar Mike and the Rosemont Scandal. After that, and the Rosemont Scandal, we were we were very happy and fortunate to be able to uh, you know play a bunch of shows with So Called Tragedy, uh, with. Uh, Litchfield with uh, MC Rutt was a fucking really big one. That was that was awesome, and it was just, what was really cool about that show was that we played with MC Rutt like just before they got just before they hit it hard. right on the cusp when they right on took yeah off. It, was, it, was, it was like two months and then all of a sudden New Low came out and every and they were everywhere after yeah. that and they were after then they that, were touring after, on, that they were, they, after that they were playing with Alice in Chains and they were touring with in Europe and shit yeah and, and touring in Europe and Black Motorcycle Rebellion I think that was the name of that band that they toured with. Um, yeah, they fuck were those really guys. cool, and I liked the, Yeah, they were badasses. <laughs> no, they were um, cool. Um, we got to play with Broken Iris. That was another really good one. It was a uh, we played New Year's Eve at Boardwalk. That was a fucking badass. Yeah, that show. was the one everyone did a. That one is the one that everyone did a cover song. Everyone night. did a cover at that one. So Broken Iris played. Um, 
they played um, Strawberry Fields Forever. Yeah, yeah, that. And that. they they fucked it up. It was awesome. It was a really, <laughs> it was a really really cool version. Adam sounded like Adam just he he just sounded dark and demented, and it was great. I loved it. Um, when they were practicing it, I remember I went in and I was like, oh man, I, I want to come harmonize on this shit. It would be <laughs> awesome. It was good. And then So Called Tragedy, they played. That's when um, they spawned a hurricane. Right, yeah, does, yeah, yeah, they, Rocky did Rocky, like they did Rocky Like a Hurricane with uh, with Jack yeah. from Die Trying. He came and in that, and played. He and played, then that came instantly and played. became one of their uh, all-time requests. Right, yeah, they started doing that for a long time after that. And then um, we opened up that show, and we did this interesting, like, um, amalgamation uh, where we did the whole, where we did the first uh, section of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I remember um, that. We didn't go into, the, like, the, the big opera section, but we did the whole first section of it. And then we spun it into one of our own songs that I called the rock opera, which was a song about a love triangle. And it kind of worked out with the key that, that, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is in. So right on. Yeah. So, all right. So what inspired you? Just what, what, when did you say, Hey, I can sing. I love music. I'm getting into this shit. Um, it wasn't really when so much as it's just always been a part of me. Um, as a child, there was always uh, a guitar and a piano in the household. Mom played guitar and piano. Um, you know, mom, my brother and sister uh, played played piano. Uh, my brother played saxophone. My my mom played French horn, accordion. Um, my dad sang in choir at church and such. Um, so, I ended up starting my my first music experience was when I was probably four, and I would sing in church choir. Um, so, you know. If, if I if I get a, a decent amount of compliments on my voice, it's because I'm a choir boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but um, yeah, so I did a lot of that, and I did a lot of theater as a kid. When I was 12, I got my first guitar. Um, it was a little beat up Squire Stratocaster Bullet series from the 80s, um, but I loved it. It played great, and I taught myself how to play a bunch of Nirvana songs and Stone Temple Pilots and. Um, Pearl Jam and all that. And after that, I just kept on going. You know, I've got myself a Strat. I got myself a Gibson. Now I play an Epiphone right now that I really love a lot that I've modified. Hey, well. It sounds nice. So I was, a, I was a drummer before I was a guitar player. And I was a, um, and somewhere amidst all that, I started playing, somewhere amidst all that, I started playing bass and piano um, as well. And so everything just kind of started uh, coming together little by little over the years. And it wasn't really a matter of when things clicked just so much as, um, I played shows in high school with my with bands that I'd hung out with, with you know friends in high school that I played in bands with, and uh, somewhere amidst uh, somewhere along the lines, people started paying me to play, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go with this and you know let it let it ride. And uh, sooner or later, I got done with college, and I found it was a lot easier to make to get get work as a musician than as an actor. And I got my I got my degree uh, in theater, and I did get work as an actor, but. So so much auditioning, so much working around, and it was a lot funner to just play play gigs. And they just kept on they they kept on rolling in more and more often. I had a lot more fun, and I felt like the music crowd was a little bit more down to earth than the theater crowd. So, hey, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So, uh, where where have you played? Like, is there is there a spot that you like playing the most? Like. In Sacramento, I love playing Harlow's. Harlow's? I love playing Harlow's. Um, Maryland's is a really good spot. Um, let's see here. Any good spots out in Texas? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a couple Yeah, there's a couple good spots right now. I, um, the cover band I was playing for plays um, 
they play uh, this place called The Stage, which is a really cool venue. It's uh, there's there's a big mural. It's got Willie Nelson up on it. Oh, and, right, you know, right. a bunch of other country artists. Um, and uh, it's a big like three foot stage. Kind of looks like Powerhouse. I love playing at Powerhouse Pub. That's a great one. That's a great one. I love that place. Um, but it's sort of it's sort of set up kind of like Powerhouse Pub, and it's a huge huge room. You know, and they've got a nice backyard and. Um, two different bars and some of the hottest. I, I think that I think the blonde behind the counter at the stage in Austin is the hottest bartender I've ever met in my life. <laughs> She's fantastic. Giving her a little shout out right now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what her name is, but God, honey, you're hot. <laughs> that doesn't really help out in the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, uh, what have you uh, in Texas? Have you played a place called Fitzgerald's at all? No, I haven't played Fitzgerald's. Okay. I played uh, another place I like playing is uh, the Speakeasy. Um, I've played in Dallas, I've played in San Antonio, I've played in Houston, I've played in um, Austin, and a couple of, a couple little small towns along the side there as well. Um, and played some played uh, this casino up in uh, up in uh, Oklahoma. It was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I don't like Oklahoma. I don't either. They're really weird. <laughs> They're really weird. <laughs> too many too many bad stories in Oklahoma that we'll get to at another time. But well, let's that, just let's just say unpaid hookers and meth labs. Uh, not a, not man. not a good time. Seriously. <laughs> and the well and you know the the, the kind of crowd that like that like is playing that like comes into this casino there's a bunch of these old motherfuckers who are like sitting there and they've got half a cigarette in their mouth and the other half is on the ash, you know, like it's about to, like it's all about to fall off. It's just waiting for the cherry to fall off. That's right. It's just wait, any, any second now, you know, they'll move to, you know, an inch to the left or the right, but somehow the ash just stays on there all the way until it gets to the butt of the cigarette. <laughs> they can probably set it down and they'll still, and they'll still be there. It's, yeah. So, uh, you were saying you were listening to something when you were, when you first showed up at the house, was that something? Oh, I was listening to some new mixes of my second album that I'm so working on. So you're working on, right on a new album. I'm working on a yeah. I had a, I did a um, freshman effort called Walk with Me. Um, it was the first, the first one that I did um, in a good full studio. I did it at the Formulation Room with Dustin Ryan, and I had Eric Broyhill from Monster Lab master it. Um, it was awesome. He did a great, you know, both of them did a really, really good job. And it was a long process because I was financing it myself um, just and solely through music endeavors. Um, so, you know, I don't have a band to help me like pool money together for it. Yeah. Um, so it took, so the first album was a seven songer. It took me about a year to get done. This one is a 14 songer and it's taken, it's probably going to take me a good two years. Um, I started it about a year. I start. We started it about a year and a half ago. So it's it's kind of coming together little by little, and it'll probably do, it'll probably take another. Have you thought it about started a Kickstarting uh, uh, Kickstarter page? You know, I am thinking more about using Kickstarter to um, be my um, vehicle for getting um, production costs out of the way, for getting uh, duplications, okay. for getting um, for getting good artwork done. Uh, Something about the recording process and getting that done by working my ass off as a musician and really like honing my craft as a musician is is really appealing to me. I want to I want to I want to I want to make my music pay for my music. Right on. So when you get your Kickstarter page up, let me know and we'll do a plug and well, thank you. We'll uh, put it up on the air and thank everyone you. out there listening, fucking put money into this guy. He's worth it. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate that. So. Yeah, man, freaking, we've been friends. It's good, to, it's it's good to see you, man. Yeah, we haven't dude. hung out in a long time, man. Dude, June, man, it's the last time we hung out, and even then it was just we were running working, around. We were, we were working. Yeah, we were working, <laughs> man. We gotta fucking hang out and just drink some fucking Boddingtons and shit. 
Uh, well, you take off again tomorrow. I take off for Austin tomorrow, and um, it's very, any, it's, it's very bittersweet. I really want to stay in California. I love I love Sacramento so much, and I love all my friends here. And I, you know, I keep on. Which, off which honestly, everyone like I had a couple people that just came back into town, and they're going back out, and they're just saying, "Oh, I miss Sacramento so much." But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like. Sometimes it's just like Sacramento. Yeah. I'd rather not be here. <laughs> well, have you gotten out a lot? No, I mean, well, See, the one, the that, one. That, that, I mean, the one. That I understand the one. T- I went on tour with SoCalled and shit, and we were, we were like happy to come home and everything. Right. But then it's okay. Sometimes it's just nice to get out for a month or oh, so sure, yeah. and then come back. Right. Yeah. You appreciate it after you're, but when you're stuck here for the last four years. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I I, complete, I completely understand, and you know, there's. There's something to be said for you know getting away from for getting away from a place and then coming back to it because every time I like I'll go away for like when I lived here I'll have gone away for like a weekend or something like that or just a couple days or even a couple hours and when I come back and I see the city I just get this nice sense of euphoria that washes over me because I love Sacramento so much it just you know I love the see, river I mean, here I love the people I love I love the music they all the uh, most of the musicians in this town totally inspire me to how that. how's the scene out in Texas. Uh, you know, okay. Or lack of, yeah, or... Well, that's, you know, it's an interesting <laughs> question. Um, in my opinion, a scene is defined by, um, a large ensemble of community, um, community members, artists, um, musicians, conceptualists, actors, writers, all that kind of stuff. People like yourself mm-hmm. who are, you know, awesome about, um, supporting the local scene and getting the art and getting the art and the music of this town to really speak on a large level. Um, in Austin, there is a lot of people to play for. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of bands that roll through. There's a lot of, uh, professional acts that are based in there. Um, you know, co- and there's a shitload of cover bands out there. There's a shitload of cover bands and, tribute bands and this and that. Um, but from everything I've gathered, it doesn't seem like there's quite a scene like I, like I'm describing as there is here. And I feel the same way about a place like San Francisco. It's a place to play and there's a lot of people that are playing there, but it doesn't necessarily have that sense of community where everyone is helping each other out. And it's work a good spot to hit together. on tour to get your stuff out known more, right, exactly. but it's, it's not a, yeah. where it's, if you're, if you're there constantly, there's not going to be people coming out to support you every night or right, yeah. Austin is a great place to play, to work, to make some money, um, to, you know, get yourself out there to meet, to meet new musicians who are, um, you know, struggling and working their butts off too. And they want, and you know, they want to play and they love music. They've got a fire for it. Um, but as far as an artistic community is concerned, Sacramento has a really, really high, high bar that I don't think a lot of a lot of places really beat. I hear San Diego has a really good has a really good music scene. Mm-hmm. I hear that Boston has a really good music scene. I'm almost positive that Seattle has a really good music <laughs> scene. Uh, and Portland, Portland's got a good a good music scene as well. Um, but when when you think about places like Austin, New Orleans, Nashville, um, Chicago, these are more they said New York and New York as well. All these places are more destination places to play because uh, there's so many people there. Yeah, you're gonna reach a maybe make fifty to a hundred to three right. hundred more say, fans. Yeah, you know, you get to tell your friends, yeah, I got to go play in New York or I got to go play in uh, you know in Chicago and all that. I got to go hang out at John Lee Hooker's place or something. <laughs> <laughs> go watch right the on. filming of Blue Bro- of Blues Brothers. <laughs> 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 No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 30, but I'm not that old. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Friggin' 20, about, what, 
28 days, then I turned 27. Yeah? Oh, okay. All right. 27 is a fun year, man. I, I lived in Salt Lake City when I was 27. and uh, Well, you've been all over the place. Yeah, I've been I've been around. Where where have you played? Like where have you been and Well, okay, I grew up in the Bay Area. And I played, you know, decent amount of places in the Bay Area. Um, you know, in the South Bay, in the city, um, Oakland and all that jazz. And then I lived in Sacramento for a good ten years. Um, but somewhere amidst that my tenure um of living in Sacramento, I took one year to go live in Salt Lake City to watch my niece for a while because she was growing up and my brother had called me up. He's like, Hey, your niece's babysitter just got pregnant. Come out here and watch her for a year. And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And he's like, well, I know you'll make the right decision. I was like, Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess I will. <laughs> Is this a paying gig? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So he housed me for a year and right he's on. like, just come out here and, you know, watch your niece and we'll, and you know, you can, we'll, ha- we'll house you and you can go play around the scene. I said, like, okay, well that sounds pretty cool. So I did. And I, I played out there for about a year and I met uh, the bass player that I play with on most of my original stuff um, right now. He's an awesome, awesome bass player. His name is Chris Jensen. He works, he lives in Berkeley right now, or I'm sorry, Alameda. And uh, he works in um, audio production out there. Uh, Very, very smart, talented bass player. Right on. So So how, how did you come across some of the people in the scene? Like Will, (laughs) <laughs> like well, well, Will is a funny Will or Brian or Will is a funny guy. Okay, so um, I think that I brought Will into the scene. Actually, um, <laughs> in all in all essence, he might he might tell you differently, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and take credit for it because I know the story and he'll probably remember more of his drunken times. Um, <laughs> when we were when I was a college freshman, um, I had come up here to play with my friend Mike Belacci, Um I mean, I'd come up here to go to school, but I, w- but I was really fortunate that he was here also, and he had moved from our hometown because his parents had gotten a house out here um, that he was renting. So, so he was out here. So him and I started a band, and um, he's a good drummer, and you know we always have a good time. We've been playing together for on on and off for fifteen years, more or less. Um, and we were like, okay, well, we got to find a bass player. So, second day of um, school starts. And here comes uh, Will down the, down the hall with his mom and dad. He's moving into the dorms. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a big hairy motherfucker back at that point. Uh, he was playing drums for some band out in uh, San Rafael at that point. I think they're called Bitter Disposition. Um, <laughs> they're a funny band. Um, but he had a guitar on him. And I was like, oh, you, you know, you play guitar? He's like, yeah, cool. I was like, all right, well, you know, I play, I play some guitar and I've, you know, I've got a band that I'm working on. I could use a bass player, you know, if you're, if you're interested in playing sometime. And he's like, cool. So we hung out and he ended up playing for a band called Incision, um, for about a year, for about a year and a half with me and, uh, Mike. And, uh, and it was cool. We had a good time. We played the Whiskey A Go-Go. It was like our last show. Um, it was a good way to end. We played Boardwalk a bunch of different times. We played a lot of college. We played a lot of frat parties between here and Chico. Um, you know, lots of crazy drunken times. I'm 19 and, you know, having a good time. Right on. So yeah. you just, you mentioned that, uh, so you've stated now that you've played drums. I actually started with drums. You started um, with drums. I started, I, I would say that I started with drums because, I mean, I, I play it. My first instrument that I, you know, took any kind of like lesson on at all was just like a. Uh, I was a seven-year-old trying to get a trying to get a merit badge for Boy Scouts, and I, and my mom taught me a few chords on piano. But um, when I was twelve, my 
my best friend uh, got a drum set and I was like, oh, look at that thing. I want to learn how to play that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, so he taught me some basic beats and I started learning how to play. I played um, drums in junior high band and uh, it was fun. You know, I learned some basics about snare drum technique and all. And, um, but I got my guitar and I, I progressed a lot faster on guitar than I did on drums. Um, when and did probably the, because I did probably because I didn't own a drum set. You know, I just <laughs> I just practiced. You know, at yeah. junior high and with my buddy. So when did you uh, pick up the keys? Um, I'd say that I started really because that's another really, thing uh, that you're pretty known for here in Sacramento. Right, your key work. I've been um, when I when I went to college, I was 19. I started there was a piano uh, in the there was a piano in the dorms. And so at night when I couldn't sleep, I would go downstairs um, and I would go play that piano for, you know, throughout the freaking throughout the freaking night all the time. I would just practice and practice and, um, you know, come to find out there's a bunch of there's a bunch of pianos in the Sacramento State Music Hall, you know, and with nice little practice rooms. So here and there I would go and sneak into the music hall and just practice away and write songs. And every so often I'd take my little digital recorder with me and go record a few things and stuff. And uh I bought myself a digital piano in, in, I'd say, I think it was 06, and I started playing around and about with that thing, and people started noticing that I was a piano player, and I didn't really think I was a piano player, but I guess I'm not too shabby at it. No, you're pretty good, man. Uh, thank you. It's <laughs> sweet of you. <laughs> so, when writing your music, where does it come from? Like, just stuff that's happened to you, just stuff well, you feel, or just... Watching, I was, I was watching SpongeBob and get an idea SpongeBob. for a song. <laughs> Watch SpongeBob and you know take a hit of the bong and <laughs> wow, man, I'm gonna make a song about this fucking starfish. She's crazy. Or Dora. <laughs> yeah, or Dora. That's right. Man, what's she gonna? Wh where are we gonna explore now, Dora? <laughs> um, no, uh, I'd say for the most part, my um, I spent a lot of time just being a, a depressed and. Uh, and um, you know, like lyrically suicidal artist and all that. Um, for a long time, I was just like, you know, good music is all about uh, you know suicide lyrics and wanting to kill yourself and all that bullshit. Um, and I turned twenty eight or twenty nine, and I was like, I can't keep on riding that train. It don't work no more. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not twenty seven anymore. That that year has passed. <laughs> I can't I can't ride the rock star age thing anymore. Um, <laughs> So I did a lot of that. I had a lot of heartbreak music, you know, like a, there was a girl that I was really attached to and, and when I was uh, my high school sweetie. When we, uh, when we went our separate ways, uh, I was just crushed and I wrote so much music about her and so much music about how I felt about the whole thing. And I've, a, lot of, a lot of times I've had a lot of music that's been, you know, ex-girlfriend based and all that, which, you know, that gets boring after a while. And a lot, but a lot of my other music, I'd say that... Um, Tell that to Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, she she's making millions of dollars. You know, talking about uh, you know the guy who uh, left her at the truck stop. <laughs> I wonder how much longer until uh, the Kennedy leaves her, know, and then she starts writing about the Kennedys, and then she gets offed. The Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. So you know, the past couple years, I've been writing a lot more mo music that, like, I when I was in the Rosemont Scandal days, I started doing a lot of music that was fictionally based. Um, like I said, I wrote a I wrote the song called the Rock Opera, and it was a and it was a fiction based piece about um, a love triangle gone wrong, um, you know where one where one one gal is, you know she has a husband and all that, but then she meets this other guy and they go off in the middle of the night, and 
you know, have their way and blah, 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 blah. And when she comes home, her husband confronts her and shoots her. Well, pretty so cool. you like telling stories also yeah within, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm, i i've kind of gotten to that point where i feel like uh you know a good song should tell a good story you know and so i started writing a lot more um songs about um real life things you know not just not just the heartbreak and not just the, and not just uh you know how you how it makes you feel on the on the worst side of things but um real emotions that everybody has to go through i wrote a song about uh my my high school sweetie um, having her first child and she'd called me one night or she'd called me, um, before she had, um, a baby with her before she had told her boyfriend that, uh, she was pregnant and she was like, what should I do? And I was like, well, you know, are you okay? Do you need, you know, so we talked, we talked about, we talked about the pros and cons of everything. And I was like, okay, well, it sounds like you sh- you're in a good, pretty good place and you love the guy that you're with. So you should just have the kid and do it. And uh, she did, and you know, it was a healthy baby, and it's all good. But the day after she called me, I was really inspired by the whole thing, and I wrote a song um, called "The Best Things in Life." Um, you know, because the best things in life are free. You know, have a child, have a good time, and be good. Um, and it's uh, subtitled uh, "Sunrise." Um, on the flip side of that, we had a friend here in Sacramento who um, hung himself not too long ago, and I'm not going to mention a name right now, but. Um, None of us saw it coming because we all thought that he was this really, really awesome guy who was really, really happy all the time. And, you know, that's like the common thing. Nobody, yeah. ever, nobody ever knows the, guy, the guys who are going to do it. Um, but I'm still of the opinion that this guy just had too much, had, um, his wings were too bright to be kept on earth. You know, that kind of thing. He had, uh, he had, he had other dimensions to explore besides this one. So I wrote a song ca- uh, about him called Slip Away, which is about you know, the best people in life and the best things in life, um, they, you know, they, they're precious. They're very precious moments and you have to cherish them for where, when you have them. Um, and they all, because they always slip away. They do. And so that one is subtitled Sunset. So put the two together back to back. And it's a really cool little, little duality piece. Um, so it's, that's on an acoustic album I released. Uh, I, I started doing, I did um, in June. What's that? Do you want to play that one, sir? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Let's actually. get another uh, sure. song going here. Talks it up. Let's. Uh... I seen you climbing through the trees. You always at the highest point, so we could bring it to your knees. I seen you weak man who fell. No surprise that you and me. The price of life, the new world's about to great to live for free. Like the sunset in the ocean, beneath the California haze. All I've described to me as precious Then I'll go over slips away And you can search the world all over A TV to follow day But you'll always find the precious ones in life They slip away Slip away 
I see you grinning from ear to ear You raise your eyes lit up so bright You are a sparkle for every friend When you needed a guiding light I've seen darker days the most But you show me why I fight And I wish that I could thank you But you left all my last life Like the sunset in the ocean Beneath the California haze I love to scrub the leaves precious And I go over slips away And you can search the world all over Until you've reached your final day But you always find the precious ones in life They slip away Slip away They slip away Slip away Nothing or no one else could ever take your place And it's never been so obvious that you traveled in God's grace Nothing or no one else could ever take your place Like the sunset in the ocean Meet the California haze I love to scrub for me as precious And now the love slips away You can search the world all over To the beach you find your days But you'll always find the precious ones Life they slip away Like the sunset in the ocean Meet the California haze I love to scrub on me as precious And all the love is slips away You can search with the world all over Till you've reached your final day But you'll always find the precious ones in life They slip away Slip away They slip away Slip away Fucking awesome, man. <coughs> Excuse me, I've had a sore throat for the past couple days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did you say something? I wouldn't be making you play. Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> Make me feel like a jerk now. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, uh, yeah. Mm, it's all good. What's I, your, uh, so what's your favorite part about performing and writing music and. <coughs> I would say that, um, in general, 
it's the most transcendent experience I have in life. Um, it's this place where I feel like uh, the me really disappears. Um, this is something I used to teach to students, um, is that when you perform, the you should really disappear. And there's this point between, there, you know, there's, there's inspiration, and then there's you, and then there's the audience. And I think the you should really disappear, and you should really just let inspiration hit the audience. And so for me, um, performing has been such a transparent experience um, where everything just passes through me like rainwater. And, uh, and it just kind of, it, it humbles the fuck out of me. I love it. Um, it's cool. Right on, man. Freaking just listening to you talk about it and like just the emotion that comes out when you're singing and playing and talking. It, it is meant for you and what you're doing right now. Like it, it's true that you were born to be a musician and an artist. Thank you. Um, I'm very blessed in a lot of ways and it's also a very difficult um, point to be in because I'm not really I'm not terribly good at a lot of other things. I'm not really good at holding down daytime jobs, um, evening jobs, that kind of thing. Um, I'm good at this. This is what I'm good at, and this is what God put me on the earth to do. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of responsibility towards that, um, and I try to do as much as I can with it. And sometimes it gets the best of me, and I you know fall into my dark periods with it all, and where I you know. I'm, I'll lock myself in my room all the time and, you know, be, be the hermit and all that. But, um, and other times, you know, I feel really, really great about life and I'm out and about having a good time with people and, you know, having drinks and laughing it up and playing as often as possible. Right on. Um, what would your dream ideal show be? My like, dream ideal show? Where, where would you want to play and who would you like to share the stage with? Oh, man. Regardless if it's like... Your project, or would you rather be like in another band that's even bigger? If I could share a really like an amazing bill. It'd be like a, it'd be like a Lollapalooza kind of thing. Um, Just an all day, like, like, like yeah, festival. like a nice all day festival where you know I share the state where, um, you know, I could play with my where I could play with my. I've got an uh, eight piece band that I do some, that I do stuff with, where I have a couple horns, keys. Acoustic guitar, bass, drums, myself, um, and essentially a violin. So it'd be more like a nine piece. And I've got a, another vocalist that I work with as well. So it'd be some, you know, maybe nine or ten pieces. But you know, just so that I can kind of really, really get the hone the vision of the of the music and get the orchestration of a lot of it out. Um, that would be really, really fun. And you know, if I if I had that you know day long festival where like you know maybe we headlined the the second stage and all that, and we could have you know. Soundgarden as as the big headliner of the show. You know, I'm, I'm a gigantic Soundgarden fan. I love anything that Chris Cornell does. Um, you know, he just the way he the way he approaches lyrics is from this uh, very similar perspective that I've uh, I've always identified with. Um, it'd be cool to play with them. I would love to share another bill with MC Rutt. That would be phenomenal to play with those guys again. Um, I think I feel like those guys really capture the spirit of rock and roll in um, in today's in in today. Um, and not a lot of there's there's some good um, there's some good rock and roll artists right now, but they don't really 
they don't get the rawness that MC Rutt does. Those guys just fucking tear it up every single time that they that they that they play, and they yeah. and they just they play from a, such a place of necessity. Like that's what they have to do. That is like something that that that, it, that burns inside them more than anything in the world. And if they don't do it, they will crumble and die. Well, that's one thing I noticed. Like a lot of bands these days, they don't have like the stage presence. They don't have like the the love in the music. They're they're just playing up there to either look cool or whatever. But they don't even you know actually put on a show. Yeah. Like uh, right. just recently, a uh, couple weeks back, saw Iron Maiden. Right now, those guys are like in their sixties. Those and guys shit, are fantastic. Man. And fucking, they they're running across the stage, jumping around. <laughs> fucking, they're putting oh, they're on a show. They're they show amazing. They have an amazing show. And I I was never even a I wasn't never even really an Iron Maiden fan until I saw them at Ozfest, you know, back in '03, and they floored me. Absolutely floored me. It, it's an amazing it, show. It's just funny that bands these days that like just think they can just you know stand there and it's like they're putting on a great show. I mean, right. you're a guitar. You might be a great guitarist and everything. You mm. might be a good guitarist or whatever. But like, there's until, no stage until presence. You're, until you're, it's until just you're like Angus Young running across the stage at yeah. full, bla- full blast and you know doing circles on the on the on the uh, on the floor. You know, with it's your just guitar like cut, in your hand. just cut yeah, loose and it. have fun. I mean, yeah. it's like. You're there to put on a show and entertain people, and you're just standing there playing your guitar. Yeah, might be doing a cool rift and everything, but I don't know. I this mean, is I think one thing that I, irks me about bands today. I think that it's all a matter of you know, like you got to play to your venue. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of taking every single show that you play and taking every single venue that you're at, and you know, figuring out who your who the audience is at this particular show, and really honing your set to be based on that. So like you know, if you're playing a coffee shop, it's not that cool to fucking dance around. You know, yeah, it's cooler yeah. to fucking have. It's cooler a to have bit, a fucking stool or something like that. But if you're, but if you're on a fucking stage, you got a lot of room to play with, man. You got to fucking do some shit with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So. Yeah. Ah uh, shit! I totally forgot what I was just going to ask you. That's all right. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is what I've been doing for the last like couple of months. I just, like it. Like it's you know, cool. just sitting down talking to people, and uh, I'll have to give you the link, which uh, for everyone out there is uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Strapped S T R A P T dash Cast. Uh, go check it out. Check out our other shows. We got uh, the Outcasters, which is like we just bullshit talk about what's going on, relevancy in the world. You know, like yeah, you know, I dig. Boy, I like it a lot. Whatever Huffington cool. Post or CNN or BBC has to talk about, and I like I like the underground. I like the undergroundness of it all. It reminds me. I was. It's funny. I was just watching uh, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. <laughs> 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 it's a fucking great movie, man. Well, what's and, funny is like, sorry, go on. And, well, I, I mean, just your, you know, your setup here is it totally reminds me of that. I'm just like, that's awesome. I love it. Well, what, what, what's funny about it is like, honestly, right now we're sitting down. We got Pro Tools running, some mm. mic set up, and everything. And it's like, it's honestly not, like, as if you went into a radio station, you got, like, you know, mixing boards out the wazoo. Right. And fucking the highest shit going on you can possibly go by and, you know, mm-hmm. sound engineers and shit. But, like, honestly, this is what's starting to thrive is podcasting. Right. Podcasts are huge, man. Like, freaking sit down with your friends, <laughs> just start talking and interview people or... Yeah. 
put on play some music through the podcast. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Which you are totally cool with people, you know, because oh, they, they can download yeah. this. You know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, man. <laughs> yeah. Download, download. I don't need to go shit. back and edit and pop up in the middle of the song. Fuck you for downloading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, okay. don't expect my, la- my last song to sound amazing. I was about to crack up in the end there, but that's all right. Whatever. It's all cool, give man. Me a, give, me a, give me another two weeks to recover, and you know, then I'll... <laughs> I'll send something over. <laughs> so, uh, where where can people listen to? Like, where do you have a, a Facebook a reverb, page? I got a, a reverb. Facebook, I got a Facebook page. Let's, you know, let's plug that stuff. Come uh, on. There's LP yeah. sessions at Facebook, and then there's a uh, there's Reverb Nation forward slash LP sessions. Um, let's see here. What else? You, uh, you got you got one of them tweeters. No, I don't do the twi- I don't do the Twitter thing, man. Dude, like, I, I, I I really should I really should, but I just, dude, I'm trying to like because in, in this thing, you know, where we're like trying to get in the media and like trying yeah. to break out and do everything. It's like I seriously started trying to make myself write at least five tweets a day, even if I really? just said, "Hey, yeah. what's up, guys?" Yeah, and I still can't even do it. I'm it's sure just, I'd, I'm sure I'll get to Twitter at some point soon. Here, I'm just <laughs> you know, I, I, right now I'm worried. Right now I'm just trying to you know get. I'm trying to worry about uh, more of the my finished ne- product. my next record done. That's Getting like, the that's finished a, that's product. A, that's the you know, and once the re- once that next record's done, I'll worry about. Um, I'll I'll start worrying about how to um, approach new promotion, and you know, start and I'll and I'll start hitting it a little bit harder. But you know, right at, at you know, at long last, right now, you know, I sometimes update my Reverb Nation and I, you know, talk. To, I tell people on Facebook and stuff about what I'm up to. So well, like I said, when you. Uh, Get that new record ready to go. Let let me know and Definitely. let the listeners know. We'll I'll I'll leave you with a with a, I'll leave you with a CD of mine that ha, that has some of those uh, acoustic tracks that I did in June. Right on. Um, because I thought you might. And uh, you if might you like have uh, anything else that like you don't mind, like cause I I think I have one of the other ones you gave you were giving uh, yeah. out at the my last show al- at the my powerhouse. My first album is called My first album is called Walk with Me. I probably gave you that one. Okay. Um, and if it's cool with you, maybe we could use some of your tracks in the uh, beginning intro songs at some of our other please, shows. Please do. And we'll like happy say, hey, yeah, that'd be great. This is Michael LaPlante, LP Sessions. Go check it out. Thanks, yeah. And then here's the um, track they song. They sometimes play my stuff on v103.net. Right um, on. That's Mickey's show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's, really, she's really awesome about uh, about helping us plug. Um I'm gonna call Andy Hawk at some point and you know be like, hey, because they just ninety eight just brought back local right, yeah, because he's starting to do that and uh, you know I, it's it's really cool that, that uh, sort of the the the, um, the hat has been passed from Gilmore to um, to Andy Hawk because they both are you know such awesome presences in the in the and they're still um, good friends. Movie. I mean they still oh, yeah, they, still, are, yeah. they they uh, they helped out with the concert in the park and shit right yeah and, and they did a really good job this year it was very it was really cool uh, and I feel like. Uh, you know, there's 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 still so much camaraderie about Sacramento. That's that's something I really miss in pretty much everywhere else in in the country. I wish that I wish there was a lot more of that everywhere else in the country. And maybe I just haven't seen the right places yet. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool that there's you know places out there that are willing to you know push that stuff. And, yeah. But I mean, it, like you said, it's just rare that certain places don't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. We have a we have a small but mighty scene here. And it's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. So, sometimes I think the scene, you know, could be a little bit more giving. But oh, it could be. It could, <laughs> it, I mean, it could always be more giving. <laughs> like I remember, I remember those shows you were talking about with Track Fighter and so called Boardwalk Rosemont. Oh, yeah. Those that shit was like damn near selling out every other night. Right, and bands weren't fucking making jack shit off that. I mean, al- although. 
I mean, besides the recession and stuff, I mean, I kind of get where, yeah, we were younger, so we were kind of still living off mommy and dad's money, you uh, know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember the high school days, like, when all that stuff started happening. Right. Like, I think I was still a senior, mm-hmm. and some of us, you know, were still in high school. I was like, hey, can I get 20 bucks for the show, you know? Right. It still happened, but uh, still, I mean, if you love the music, you, you like the people, freaking go it's support. It, you know? Yeah, it's worth it, you know? you Like, I... I mean, Be a part I, I really of something. Try, I try to go. I sh- when I was living in downtown Sacramento, I would go see as many shows as I possibly could. Um, if I didn't have anything going on that night, if I didn't have if I didn't have a show of my own to go to, I would go see. You know, I would go see a single second. I would go see Adam Roth. I would go see um, uh, track fighter shows. You know, I would go see. Um, uh, who else is a really good one? Um, Reggie Jen. She's really cool too. Um, I'd go see. Uh, um, back in the day, I used to go see Shannon Curtis before she moved to LA. She was pretty, she was pretty badass. Um, yeah, I, lo- I, mean, I love a good Breva show. Breva's <laughs> an awesome band, and I really, I really, I haven't heard much from them lately. And I really hope those guys keep on swinging because they are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. like I don't know, there, there was just a bunch of kick-ass bands out there, and yeah. it just seems like honestly things have died down in the last couple of years. A little bit, you know, people are starting to grow up, get married, and have babies, and. Uh, you know, a lot, those, a lot of those bands are kind of getting on the back a lot burner. Of those people, a lot of those people are, you know, were major contributors to the scene. Um, so it's interesting to, you know, see who wants to grow up and who wants to play. Um, and in a way, in a lot of ways, I feel behind in that respect because I, you know, I, I would love to fucking have a couple kids and, you know, have a, some steady income and a nice house and stuff and, you know, hot wife. Um, but. I mean, you know, like I said before, this is what God gave me to do, and this is what I do best. Um, and I, you know, I'll be damned if I'm going to let people down. Yeah. No. Well, I guarantee by listening to you today and just everything I've ever seen you on the stage, dude, you're not letting anyone down. Thanks, you're homie. freaking putting on a badass show. I appreciate it. Like the Powerhouse show, your last. Did you, did you like that one a lot? Yeah. Thanks for thanks for filming that, man. That was really Friggin good. I, I was. I, I like. Uh, the I put a lot of effort into trying to get in, trying to get the right players for that show and. I felt like it was a really, really, um, it was a good amalgamation of a lot of the things I've tried to do for the past couple of years. So, yeah, I liked the the keyboard, keys, and, and, the horns, and the horns, and yeah, nice the horns. It's whole it's shebang. nice to get the orchestration of it. I was supposed to have a violin player, and she backed oh, out, and she backed hell? out like two weeks, like two weeks before the show, and I was like, "Fuck you! Why'd you do that? What a bitch!" I know. I know. <laughs> She's a good friend of mine. I don't mean I don't want to I don't want to actually call her a bitch, you know. But <laughs> but I was just like, well, I didn't mean like I was just like calling her a bitch. I you, know, you know, if I'd known that she was going to back out, I would have been I, I would have like, I would have talked else. to somebody else earlier on, and I would have called Leoni Moore and been like Leoni, you know, come come play some fucking violin. It'd be really fun, <laughs> you know. She's a badass. I love going to see a Playboy School show. Those guys are great. Oh yeah, that's um, that's Mackenzie. Uh, yeah, Leonie and McKenzie. Leonie and McKenzie, yeah, yeah. McK- yeah. Aurora. Yeah, Zach sometimes plays for them too. Zach from Color the Sound, he plays with them every so Oh, often. okay. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I see stuff on Facebook, but I, I haven't had a chance to make it out there yet. Yeah, they're they're good. They have a really they have a really focused sound. They've got some really they've got some really great sounding samples that kind of keeps their show like tight and and running the whole entire time. Um, Aurora, an old another yeah, old. Yeah, they, uh, they got McKenzie, and McKenzie's just dude. She's She's such a solid player. She's yeah. Such a solid player. And, you know, excuse me, Leonie, but she's a hottie, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so are you, Leonie. You're hot. <laughs> so, okay. About to 
wrap it up pretty soon. Uh, okay, so let, how about we give you Reverb Nation and your Facebook page again? Right. Yeah. So um, you know you can find me at you can find my my uh, Facebook. It's Michael Laplant, um, or you or you can also see um, you know. LP sessions on Facebook. If you just search LP sessions, you could start. You could search uh, LP sessions on Google and as well. And you'll, you and, you'll pull, and it'll pull up my. It'll pull up my Sacramento um, address, and it should have my. You're, you're that much of a of a big name that uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, it, but, it's, but if you if you pull up LP sessions Sacramento or something like that, it'll, yeah. it'll say it'll say Michael Plant and all that. And it's got right on www.reverbnation forward slash LP sessions. If if the listeners don't know you, Google knows you. <laughs> Google knows me, man. They're, yeah, they're, what, Google and I are like this. I got my fingers crossed here. Yeah. Hey, strapped uh, casting fucking finally is just now breaking through on the Google. You type in strapped, uh-huh. fucking it's starting to come up with our SoundCloud shit now. Finally, so oh, cool. Cool. I'm like kind of cool for that, you know. Nice. nice. So, uh, alrighty, well, uh, once again, we're here with Michael Plant. Why don't we uh, take the listeners out on another song and uh, right. we'll call it a day? Sounds good. Thanks, Corey. Um, this is a. Uh, Probably my first. Uh, this is a the single that I was using for a while. Um, that's off my first album. It's called "Walk with Me." I'll try and sing and not crack here. <laughs> Such a long, long way to go There's still so much that I don't know This road's a lonely place to be But won't you walk with me? Well, it's such a long, long way to go There's still so much that I don't know This road's a lonely place to be But won't you walk with me? Walk with me Like once, twice, but no one's counting. I gotta beat the clock. The pressure's on me like a mountain. It's blowing up and raining down. Blowing up and raining down. But no one told us this is how life is gonna be. You never know when your friends become your enemies. It's blowing up and raining down. Blowing up and raining down. But it's such a long, long way to go. There's still so much that I don't know. This road's a lonely place to be. Won't you walk with me? Well, it's such a long, long way to go. There's still so much that I don't know. This road's a lonely place to be. Won't you walk with me? I 
keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving, I keep moving. Such a long, long way to go. It's just so much that I don't know. This road's the only place to be. I want you walk with me. Well, it's such a long, long way to go. It's just so much that I don't know. This road's the only place to be. I want you walk with me. Well, it's such a long, long way to go. And there's still so much I don't know. And this world's a lonely place to be So won't you, oh won't you, oh won't you walk with me Walk with me Right on, right man on. Thanks, Great. Corey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, up. man. I appreciate it, man. It's I mean, great show. I appreciate you letting me interview and stuff. Oh, and, please, uh, man. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me, man. Good times. Right on. Glad dude. I got to see you while I was in town. Yeah, dude. Freaking uh, hit me up when you get back. I will. And, uh, Definitely. Listeners, uh, keep listening. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Later. <laughs>